Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Just a last adjustment here. Uh, we would like to read from the passage that we have been occupied in the past several weeks and months. That is Philippians chapter 3. You turn with me. We would like to start from verse 7. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And here we read the testimony of the Apostle Paul. He says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. 不但如此，我也将万事当作有损的，因我已认识我主基督耶稣为至宝，我为他已经丢弃万事，看作粪土，为要得着基督。And in verse twelve, which has been the our theme centers in that verse, so to speak. 然后第十二节，我们的主题的中心。we read, not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on to that. I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on for the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 这不是说我已经得着了，已经完全了。我乃是竭力追求，或者可以得着基督耶稣所以得着我的。弟兄们，我不是以为自己已经得着了，我只有一件事，只是忘记背后，努力面前，向着标杆直跑，要得神在基督
may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all fullness of God. We like to also add to that a passage in Luke chapter 10. Starting from verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But one, only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. And finally, one verse from Revelation, Revelation chapter 21. And in verse 2 we read, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. As we mentioned, the passage in Philippians chapter 3, which we've been considering, essentially contains a testimony from the Apostle Paul. And we could sum it up something like this. Once Paul saw the surpassing glory, the excellency of the Lord Jesus, he considered everything else to be refuge to gain Christ. And that became his lifelong goal and aim to gain Christ. 
so the goal, his goal, is to gain Christ. He uses several descriptions in, in Philippians chapter three. To gain Christ, to know Him, to be found in Him. The impression that one gets is that Paul realized that this person, this what he met, is so vast, so sublime, so glorious that that's it. It's my lifelong pursuit is to know him. He entered into a never ceasing, ever increasing pursuit of the Lord Jesus. Now, in verse 12, he puts it, he's trying to lay hold of something, which is a person. Now, I would like to read again verse 8 in Philippians 3. I've been finding very helpful lately to read sometimes uh, other versions, especially some amplified versions that capture some of some shades of meaning in the in the original language that perhaps a single translation will never capture. So one of the amplified versions puts verse 8 in roughly this terms. And this is, sorry, Daniel, this is a little tricky, but let's let's see how this goes. I'll, I'll try to go slowly. Uh-huh. The, the version goes, yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So, uh, when Paul thinks of knowing the Lord Jesus, he uses the term a priceless privilege. Uh, and here is here's what the, the that amplified translation uh, adds a couple of qualifications to the priceless privilege or alternate ways of looking at it. The priceless privilege of knowing Christ could be also translated as the overwhelming preciousness of knowing Christ. Or the supreme advantage of knowing Christ. 
是一个呃何等大的一个这个呃呃呃就是呃就何等大的权利，我们可以得出它。Or the surpassing worth of knowing him， 或者是说认识他是何等高贵的一件事情。So if one truly sees that overwhelming preciousness of the Lord Jesus, what will be Our response to that. Exactly like Paul's. He considered everything else, counted everything else as loss. But, but you see, it's always a comparative thing. It's not a kind of mazo, kind of Christian spiritual masochism. 就好像不是说我只是什么都呃不不 It's not that he chose to suffer. No. 说他选择来受苦 He saw the preciousness of a person, and because of that, everything else became dim in his eyes. 就他看见这个人是何等的宝贵，他就觉得其他不是那么重要。Now is very interesting that verse eight,、uh, the the New American Standard.、Uh, let me read it again. It says, "More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord." The first half. 所以在这个第八节前，不但如此，我也将万事当作永存的，因为以认识我基督耶稣为至宝。And then he says, "For whom I have suffered the loss of all things." 我为他已经丢弃万事。So I found it interesting that in a couple of translations, you find the word "love" in that second part, in the sense of "for the love of whom." I have suffered the loss of all things. 所以，呃，有一些翻译其实这里面也说，因为我爱他，所以我做这，所以我才会损失这一些。I thought that at least in two translations. 有两个翻译里面有这么说。And I don't think the word is really in the original. 我觉得也许原文没有这一句话。I'm not even sure what your Chinese translation has. 我不知道中文翻译有什么是什么题怎么讲。But in any case, whether you have the word love there, in other words, Paul saying, "For once I saw the the glory of the Lord, His value. For love of Him, I counted everything lost." 所以为着因为我爱他，所以我看万事如粪土。I don't know if you have that word or not. 我不知道中文有没有这个话。Ah, perhaps the original doesn't even have it. 也许原文没原文没有这句话。But in any case, it seems absolutely clear that in this passage you see the language of a man that is completely in love for his Lord. So, 无论你怎么解释，这个写的人他爱他的主。Actually, the more I read this passage through all these months that we've been meditating on it together, the more I get convinced that that's the spirit behind this passage. 所以我阅读这段经节，我觉得这个背后的那个灵就是如此
one absolutely and supremely in love for the Lord Jesus. I think that brings us to a, a really important principle in spiritual matters. And that can certainly be applied to the theme that we are considering. And the principle could go like this. There can be no true laying hold of the Lord until our hearts are filled with the supreme and absolute love for Him. That's what I, will, by the grace of the Lord, I would like to consider together this morning. We could call it the spirit behind laying hold of the Lord. Now, I find it very interesting that our other passage that we are considering as part of the theme, Ephesians chapter 3, I think we see the same principle there. So we read Paul's prayer in behalf of the Ephesians and in our behalf. And in that prayer, is the goal is that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints all the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, the dimensions of the Christ, so to speak. That we may know the love of Christ that surpasses understanding. So that we may be taken or filled up with all fullness of God. But before going through all those wonderful goals, Paul puts something there that seems to be almost like a condition for that to happen. And at the end of verse 17, he says, being rooted and grounded in love. Then he goes ahead and said, Then you may be able to comprehend with all the saints all the dimensions of Christ. Then we will know in experience the love that surpasses understanding. And only then we are going to be filled with all the fullness of God. So we seem to see that principle in both passages that have been the main passages in our meditation league. To lay hold of the Lord requires a spirit. I'm calling it a spirit, but it's a sentiment, an attitude. We are in love with him. Now, 
I feel this is particularly important in this matter on on the passage that we are considering in Philippians chapter three. 我觉得特别在腓立比书里面很重要的。As we know, Paul says that he's pressing on to lay hold of that for which he was laid hold by Christ Jesus. 所以保罗说他极力追求要得着那主为因着为得着他的目的。I don't know if you thought about this.、Uh, we know that he's not specifying here in Philippians. What is that? That for which I was laid hold by Christ Jesus. What is the that? Paulo 没有很明显指明的提说他为了基督得着的那一件事情是什么。But a very simple way to understand the reason or the purpose for what the, for what the Lord has laid hold of us. Very simply put, he has laid hold of us in order that we may be his eternal bride. So he has laid hold of us in order that we may be his eternal bride. So he has laid hold of us in The Lamb and His Bride, they go out, they enter eternity in union forever. Then, this Goyang and his bride will always be one. We don't know what exactly will happen there. This, we don't know why this thing happened. But just the thought that the Lord has laid hold of you and of me to be eternally. United to us, what can we say about that? But is just to make sure we can, uh, uh, always united with Christ. So, to make sure we can do these things. Now, we know that the one thing that is absolutely e s 所以这个新郎和新妇很重要的那个关系里面 ，That is love。它关系是一个爱的关系。Of course, there are several things that go into that package。所以其实呃有在这件事上有许多的背后有许多的故事。But if you want to condense that to the essential。Element to the essential ingredient in that relationship, what would that be but love? So you have to make this relationship the center. What love? Even as we read in Ephesians, it's love that surpasses understanding. Sometimes when we think on that love, the first thing that comes to our, our hearts is the amazing work of redemption that He has accomplished for us. So, ah, we sometimes want to, ah, 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 He took upon himself the penalty that I deserved, and with his precious blood, he bought my pardon. So he, 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 he
为着我的罪，我应该得的这个惩罚，他为我受了。What wonderful love！ 这是何等美好的爱。But now the amazing thing to me is that, in a sense, that is just the beginning of that love. 这个只是爱的开开始。It seems to me that even more than what he did on the cross to Reunite us to God is the final purpose. Seems to be even more amazingly, indescribably glorious. So, he, to be united, me, us, to him, It's no wonder that Paul, when he thinks on the love of Christ, all he can say is, "It surpasses understanding." But here is the deal, brothers and sisters. By its very nature, love can only be satisfied if it's reciprocated. 所以爱它能够这个呃得到它该得的地步是，除非你爱了，然后又得出爱回来。He loved you and me with a love that surpasses understanding. 他爱我们的爱是超过我们所求所想的。What will satisfy him from us? 那什么那样的事情才能满足他呢 ？It is service. 是服侍吗 ？Well, that's an Integral and absolutely essential part of it. I'm not trying to diminish that. Please don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, we know very well that it's possible for us to render service to the Lord devoid it from that essential ingredient, which is love. 但是我们常常也许服侍的时候没有没有爱作为基础。Uh, I, I think I hardly need to mention or remind you that that's. I think it's supremely demonstrated in the history of the Church of Ephesus. 所以你就看见在以弗所教会就是这样子彰显出来的。Rather sadly, that very church that received the deaths, the high, the the high water mark of the revelation of the Lord in the Epistle to the Ephesians. 以以 When we come to the to the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation, we read our Lord Jesus saying to them, "I know you have deeds and toil, perseverance." So I know you have deeds and toil, perseverance. There is a wonderful orthodoxy, you could say. You cannot tolerate evil men. You have put to test those that come that call themselves apostles, etc. So, if so, 好像在按照字面来讲，他们其实做的非常好啊。Uh, 你你不呃、uh, 支持这个呃、uh, 不正道啊等等的。Is a wonderful in many ways. Is a wonderful, very commendable list of things. 所以这是其实是一个能敬佩的一一呃一些的的祝福呃一些的话。And yet, somehow, the basic, essential ingredient went missing. But the important thing is that this 
呃，就最基本的，在好像少了一点什么什么东西。And we hear our risen Lord saying to to the Church of Ephesus, "But I have against you this, that you have left your first love." 但是主对他们责备，就是他们离开了他们起初的爱。Dear saints, love can only be satisfied if it's loved back. 所以爱能够爱是需要有回应的，就是要爱回去。Nothing else will quite satisfy the heart of our Lord. 所以其他任何其他事都没有满足我们的主。Now, I, I, I think the more we think about that, it should go almost like unsaid. So, I think the more we think, we should say, "Can you imagine a marriage when you know the husband and the wife they get together and the husband comes? Well, you know, I have provided for everything. I, I, I've been the good breadwinner, for instance." So, suppose there is a husband, and the wife says, "Ah, I have done my part. I, 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 uh." 啊、uh, well, you know really well house, kids, right, But can you imagine a relationship? Where everything boils down just to that. But you have seen that if one relationship, if they are just doing their part, if there is no love for one another, 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 然后呃呃，这这什么样的婚礼啊？啊，婚婚姻啊 ？Well, brothers and sisters, I the more I meditate, I meditate on this matter, it is my impression that that's in a way the spirit behind laying hold of the Lord Jesus. 这个就是在得着基督背后的这个灵。It has to be the spirit of a bride that is completely in love with him. 心腹的心，只合得爱他的丈夫，他的新新郎。And we remember that it's not that we are initiating that love. 不是说这个爱是从我们启发的。We simply reciprocate what he has initiated. 我们只是回应他先给我们的。As the Apostle John says, we love because he has loved us first. Well, being constrained to love him back. We must love him. What shall we do? We should do what? That's a question. How, how can we practically love the Lord back? How can we practically love the Lord back? I'm sure that several things go in this category. 那有许多事就在这一个条这个呃规律里面。And yet, I would like to leave with you for your consideration one thing that has been speaking to me lately. 但是最近有一句话对我说话。It is as if there is one thing that、uh, 
it's outstanding among the several things that we should do in love for the Lord. I'm, I'm arrested by a word that Paul says in chapter 3 of Philippians. When in, in verse 12 he says that he's that he may is pressing on to lay hold of that for which also Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Then in verse 13, he very quickly says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it. But one thing I do. And that, that little word or two words, one thing I do, that capture my heart. Now, unfortunately, He's not that specific here about what is that one thing. He says that he's forgetting things that are behind and pressing on for the goal. But sometimes I keep wondering, mm, it would be so wonderful if I could have some fellowship with this brother and say, brother, could you please elaborate just a little bit? What goes into that one thing that you're doing to press on towards the Lord? Well, of course, we read that story in Luke chapter 10. And one of the things that impresses me is that that same expression is also used in, the, in that story in the Gospel of Luke. We read how the Lord, when he's Talking to Martha, he says, when he, after saying, Martha, you're so distracted by so many things. The Lord goes ahead and says, but only one thing is needed. And of course, he is referring to that thing that Martha's sister Mary chose to do. And what was Mary doing? We read that she sat at the feet of the Lord and listened to his words. Uh, You know, I wonder sometimes, and I'll leave it just as that, as my wonderings. Uh, We know that Luke, in a way, is the gospel of Paul. That is to say, there is plenty of influence of Paul in, in what Dr. Luke, by the Holy Spirit, by the way, but he gathered together and became the Gospel of Luke. And it makes me wonder, mm, is, this, is this part of Paul's secret that he's kind of also, because of his experience, that one thing is there. One thing I do, says Paul. Our Lord Jesus, only one thing is necessary. 
I feel that there is really a secret, a kind of a key here in this matter of how are we going to press on for the goal, in love for the Lord. So let me just suggest a couple of things, very simple. I think it should be obvious to any reader of the story in Luke that in Mary we see a picture of one, again, that is deeply in love for the Lord. In fact, everything, every time you see this particular Mary, she is always at the feet of the Lord. Of course, we know that besides this story in Luke 10, we have the story of her brother Lazarus being risen by the Lord. He was And you remember that before the Lord, he resurrected Lazarus. When he called Mary to talk to her, Mary, the first thing she does, she falls down at the feet of the Lord. And later we read, actually also in the Gospel of John, how this St. Mary is the one that anoints the feet of the Lord with the precious ointment. And she wipes his feet with her hair. It seems that this matter of being at the feet of the Lord is always connected with loving the Lord. In fact, I would like to read one verse from the, also from the Gospel of Luke where that connection is made rather explicitly. That's Luke chapter 7, verse 47. And you remember, there is a story there of a woman that was a sinner, a well-known sinner in a city. And when the Lord... Sorry. And our Lord had been invited to the house of a Pharisee, Simon. He was offered a dinner in that in, in that man's house. And while our Lord Jesus was there, that woman came behind him and fell at his feet. And she washed his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair. Now, in the Lord's estimation, when later he speaks to Simon, this is what he says in verse 47. For this reason, I say to you, her sins which are many have been forgiven. And here comes the expression I want to highlight. For she loved much. It should go almost unsaid, but falling at the feet of the Lord, it seems in itself a token of deep love and appreciation for Him. 
Now it's it's interesting because uh, you could think about that. What is the motivation behind that? Falling at the feet of someone. And in some cases, we know it's definitely not love. Sometimes you're watching a movie and there is a despot, a really bad guy, right? And someone is brought before him that you know that is in real trouble, and the person falls at the feet of that person, begging for his life, terrorized. It's as if there is an acknowledgement. I'm in in front of someone that is so powerful, and he can that can be my end. And yet, every time we see someone falling at the feet of the Lord Jesus, and Mary is probably the main example, there is never such idea connected with falling at his feet. Actually, no one is forcing Mary to do that. She's doing that absolutely out of her free will. But it seems that it's almost as if you get the impression that here is the acknowledgement that I'm standing before someone that is so wonderful, so above me. How can I be at the same level with him as him? The only place I can be, if I am approached, and I'm drawn to be close to him, but I can only be at his feet. A picture of love for the Lord. But of course, we see in Luke chapter 10 that there is something more than being at the feet of the Lord. We see Mary sitting at his feet, listening to his word. And dear saints, here I feel that we really have a key to this whole matter of pressing on towards the Lord. I hope it's clear to us that this idea of love for the Lord and the Word of God, somehow they go together hand by hand. If you love someone, naturally, you want to know that person. If you love someone, you would like to commune with that person, to hear what he has to say to you. And here we have a picture of one deeply in love for the Lord. And what she does at his feet is to hear what he says. Again, when you think in Philippians, I think I guess I get to see a little bit of the same thing going on there. Because Paul, time and again, he's saying that I may know him. 
that I may know him. Now listen, how are we going to know the one who is the word, the logos of God? Do you remember John chapter 1 verse 1? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Of course, it's talking about our Lord Jesus. Now, if our Lord Jesus is his title, is the logos of God, don't you think that the word of God, the logos, the written word that we were left with, is the means that God gave us to know His beloved Son. Oh, to know Him. By the Word of God. Mary did one thing, and the Lord says, that is the thing that is needed. Everything else is secondary. She sat at his feet, listening to his word. But of course, I want to, uh, perhaps it's obvious, but let's go through the obvious. It's more than just a matter of reading the word. Or in her case, she listened. We listen today primarily by reading every single day. But it's more than just reading. It's reading at his feet. It's reading in love for him. If we're going to lay hold of the Lord, oh, that's a crucial difference. So just to illustrate, consider this situation. Here you have two brothers, or a brother and a sister. And one reads the Word of God and comes to know very well all the facts in the Word of God. He amasses an incredible amount of mental knowledge. And here is a sister that reads his Word at his feet, and she's conformed the image of Christ. You see that love is that element that will make the difference between knowing up here in the head or knowing down here in the heart. In yes, is seeking the Lord by reading his word, but at his feet. In love for him. It seems to me that in both testaments, that connection, that principle of the love, the word of God impaired with love, you find it in both testaments. I would like to briefly point that to you this morning. So if we go back in the Old Covenant, the Ten Commandments, 
Deuteronomy chapter 6. We know that our Lord Jesus, when he was asked to sum up, what is the most important commandment? He said two, two commandments. One comes from here, as is the first one. And we are going to stick to this one. It says, Deuteronomy 6, starting from verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. The main commandment, we know it, you shall love the Lord your God. Isn't it amazing that immediately after stating the commandment, the Lord says, and these words will be in your heart. Could it be that by means of that word abided in our hearts, it will enable us to love the Lord our God? In the New Testament, John chapter 14. He who, uh, John 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I will disclose or manifest myself to him. I hope we can see that there is a sort of progression in this in this verse. If we love the Lord, the first thing we will have his commandments. These words will be in your heart. But it's more than that. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Of course, it's never a matter of mere knowing the word of the Lord. It's obedience. But what is the result of that? And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. How can we know the Lord Jesus? 
And I'm talking about the knowledge that Paul was pursuing to know him. How can we lay hold of him? The one who loves me. I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. I will, I will disclose you get to know the Lord. And all begins with you have his commandments and you keep them. I would like to mention uh going back to our story in chapter in Luke chapter 10. A little bit about our sister Martha. Because there is obviously a contrast and tons of instructions for all of us as we read what is Martha's attitude and Mary's. Actually, I get the impression that the, those two sisters, they almost stand as a picture of two types of Christian life. We've, we've been speaking, we've been speaking about Mary, one who stays at the feet of the Lord, listening to his word. And the Lord saying, that is the one thing that is indispensable. But in Martha, you see an attitude that seems to almost to represent or to be a picture of a life of service for the Lord, devoid with that most important thing. I think none of us can go harsh on Martha. Because in a way she's doing a most wonderful thing. She is receiving the Lord Jesus in her home. And boy, who knows how many people go in that entourage in those days. I doubt it's just 12 more. I think it's 12 more and another couple of dozens. And as she's receiving all these people, she's trying to serve them. In a way, something wonderful that we see there. But the great lesson, isn't it? That if that is not something that comes out of that attitude that Mary has, that we satisfy the Lord. And we hear the Lord saying, Martha, Martha, you're distracted. You're distracted and bored by so many things. Dear saints, I, I cannot help but think in the days that we live. You know, the world was ever a distracting place, spiritually. But isn't it true that we seem to live in days of very intense types of distraction? 
，但是在我们现今的生活里，有许多事情可以呃让我们呃分心。There seem to be many things. That's what the Lord says to Mary to to Martha. Oh, you're distracted by many things. 对马大说，你被许多事情打扰。And I keep thinking in the Atmosphere in which we live, specifically these days. I hope we all have, by the grace of the Lord, to realize that these are days of very specific and dangerous type of distractions. We live in an age that is unlike any other in human history. Of course. The 24-hour news cycle. Oh, how easily we can be caught up on that. Do I need to say anything about the outrageous political scene that we live in? Now, how easy it is to get caught up on that. So we can very easily get caught up on that. So we can very easily get caught up on that. And listen, I don't care which way you lean in that spectrum, politically speaking. So, from the political perspective, whether you like which party, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we lean left, right, or center. It doesn't matter how correct or how right the issue that you support may be. But once our hearts are occupied with that, the many things become the hindrance for the one thing. Dear saints, how much we need the Lord's mercy in this day that we live. So, we, 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 分分了他的心，就他没有办法呃专注于主的事。Isn't it interesting? Because we seem to see a double effect that has in Martha's life. The 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 fact that she missed the main thing affects her in two ways. 所以他没有抓住那个重点的时候，最重要的那一点的时候，会发生两件事情。First, we see that she seems to Start to develop a very subtle bitterness towards the Lord Himself. So, 慢慢他对主自己就是心就有苦毒了 She says to the Lord, "Lord, doesn't it bother you that my my sister has left me to serve by myself?" 他说主啊，你你不觉得有不不这个我我的妹子离开我啊，不帮我这件事情是。And isn't it true that that's always the case? When that one thing is missing, our relationship with the Lord will suffer. 
我们失去的那一点，那个最重要的那一点，我们跟主的关系就会受损。But then we also see how it's not just with the Lord, but she also becomes judgmental towards her sister. 所以她不止如此，她现在开始论断她的妹子。And we can say that that's a principle. There's no question about it. 这很重要的一个原则。When that love for the Lord is not quite there. Somehow we start looking around and say, "How come this person is not serving this way? How come he is not doing this, that, or the other?" So, if we have not in a way we forget that little word in Romans chapter 14. Who are you to judge the servant of another? But of course, those are just symptoms of the real problem. This is only the most important problem. The one thing went missing in Martha's life. In Martha's life, there is one thing. How much, brothers and sisters, I feel we need the instruction from specifically from this story. 对，我们需要从这个故事里学习一个功课。You know, just want to conclude saying one more thing. 我只要在结束之前，我要讲再讲一件事情。It seems that this pandemic that we are living, of course, it has confined many of us in our homes. 对，在这个疫情当中，我们把把我们许多人关在家里。Uh, even if you're not confined in the in the strict sense of the word, I think we all spend way more time at home than than before. So we are now in the house. I cannot help but wonder. I'm leaving with you at that. I'm not concluding. I'm not saying. I'm just wondering, and I'm sharing with you what I wonder. So, could it be that the Lord? Has confined us in our homes, so that we may go back to that one thing that really matters. This 主是不是把我们关在家里，就是为着我们能够回到那个唯一最重要的一件事情。That fellowship with Him at His feet through His Word. 就借着他的话，能够与主有亲密的交通。More than that, I also wonder. Could it be that the Lord is kind of trapping us together with those the closest to us, our family members, so that we do not go on with that unresolved issues that so easily will develop when that one thing is missing? So, is the Lord putting us together? 特别是当我们对主的爱是没有那么新鲜的时候。In fact, it seems that it's so easy for us, and there is a tendency there that we can go ahead and try to serve the Lord, while at the same time we have unresolved issues to the ones that are the closest to us. 所以，也许常常我们服侍主，我们也许可以往前，但是我们没有办法解决我们当中的一些问题。Can that be acceptable to the Lord? 主会能够觉得这个是好的吗 ？I'm amazed at the grace of the Lord in His words to Martha. 我很惊惊奇主对马大说的话
And as I said before, I don't think any of us can go too harsh on Martha. I think if we are honest, most of us will admit most of the times, or very often, I can get into that same kind of attitude as Martha. Many things are going on, and they are related even to serving the Lord. But the one thing that really, really matters is not there. And then our Lord, in his very gracious way, he says those words to Martha. Martha, Martha, you're so distracted and bothered by so many things. And then he says this. Mary has chosen the good part, and that will not be taken away from her. I hope you see what I, I believe I really see in this, that there seems to be an implicit invitation that the Lord is extending to Martha. Martha, you ha- you're distracted, but why don't you come back to what really, really matters? And thank the Lord, brothers and sisters, because according to the words of the Lord, there is a matter of choice in this whole matter. Mary has chosen the good part. Oh, all of us, by His grace, we can make the same choice. To choose that which is the most important thing. One thing I do, says Paul. Only one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen. Yes, thank God. We can choose that. And oh, if we turn to him, even with the weakest will in the world, in the world, and say, Lord, by your grace, I want to sit at your feet to listen to your words. Don't you think that he is the one that will enable that feeble choice of ours to become a reality? And the wonderful thing is that the Lord concludes, Mary has chosen the good part, and no one will take that away from her. Thank God for that. A difficult spouse, a difficult relative, a difficult boss, a difficult yourself, because actually this is the worst difficulty if we are become honest. It's us. Nothing can take that away from you. 
妻子或先生或者呃家人家属或者是老板，呃，这任何这一些事情，我们只要选和上好的那部分，我们是不能得夺去的。A love pursuit of the Lord Jesus in His Word. 我们爱主，追求他，借着他的话。May the Lord enable each one of us to make that right choice. Lord Jesus, we indeed we marvel at the grace that you have for us. It's not just that you have saved us by amazing grace. In itself, it will be is more than we can take sometimes. But you have destined us to be your bride for all eternity. So, but you have destined us to be your So Lord, we pray that by your grace and mercy, that same response that we see in Paul, that we see in Mary, that that would be our response to you. We see Paul's response and Mary's response. We do the same response. That we may choose to live at your feet and listen to your words. We may choose to live at your feet and listen to your words. That we may say, even as we sing so often, "Oh, to know you, to know you, is the cry of my heart." We be gracious to us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And our meeting ends here.